You're listening to the Hopped Up Network. The show you're about to listen to is part of the Hopped Up Network's growing family of craft beer podcasts in the U.S. and Canada. I think it's great. Find this show and others like it at hoppedupnetwork.com, the spot for informative and entertaining craft beer podcasts. I love it. I love you guys. You're listening to the Hopped Up Network. You're listening to the Pints and Provisions podcast with Evan, Mark, Ryan, and Dan. You're listening to the Pints and Provision Podcast with Evan, Mark, and Dan. Oh, I forgot someone. I can't bet we will. It's about time we got started. About time we had another one of these. Pints and Provisions podcast back for another live episode. Wait for that. Uh, nice. Ryan and Evan here. Um, nobody likes to drink with us anymore, Ryan. That's my conclusion. People don't even respond to our text, let alone <laughs> say, no, I can't make it. I get it. This is a busy summer, and I'm sure you're feeling the same way. It is absolutely like a steam train going through this summer i remember the first day of summer like it was yesterday and in a blink of an eye it is going by we are here in mid july Uh, my kids have one month until school and i don't know i don't feel like i've gotten to hang out with people at the outside at the pool of course the weather's been kind of crummy i don't know i'm ready to I'm ready for the summer to slow down, even if it's just for the last month. I think there was about 20 things I was thinking about doing starting in mid-May. I was like, yep, this will all get done this summer, and I've probably done one of them. It's just flown by, and here we are in mid-July. So let's hope I can get nine of them done and get halfway through that list by uh, Labor Day. But, yeah, it's been good. My kids aren't in school yet, so they're always technically... Uh, going to school and we don't have as many activities but uh, yeah the summer's moving by quickly work keeps it going by quickly uh, no COVID issues keeps us probably doing a few more things here and there and uh, going to the pool having fun doing that just finding different ways to entertain the kids while entertaining ourselves and yeah yeah things things go fast so it's good we're able to get this going since uh, we're pretty booked up for the next three or four weeks and uh yeah, let's uh, talk some pints and provisions with, and different things going on. Yeah, with with good things. I mean, the summer has been has been great. It's just last summer with shutdowns and not much open and some stuff open, we really got to slow down, which was great. This summer, the absolute opposite. It was like, you know, everything's full blast and full full steam ahead, which is wonderful because the kids are getting tons of activities, seeing grandma and grandpa a lot more. Uh, but it has really, I don't know, maybe maybe I wasn't, maybe I was out of practice is what I want to say. Yeah. So um, I missed this bottle share. So, <laughs> you know. I needed to remind myself what we've done re- and what our beer of the week or. I think I was working last that time weekend. We've, we've talked. So, yeah, I had to get this picture up and 
get refreshed a little bit. So your favorite beer of the last, well, we'll call it a month since it's been that long. Yeah, my beer of the month is Hill Farmstead Samuel. Batch oh, one. yeah. That was a big deal when it first released, right? It was a, I think it was a pretty big deal when they do that, um, that kind of angled cut wax on a bottle. It always seems to just skyrocket the secondary and trade demand and things like that. So uh, it was a pretty big deal. Much like uh, Anne and Art are as kind of in that same family for Hill Farmstead. So, uh, wine barrel age saison five, maybe six percent. I don't have my untapped up to to check some of the details, but um, yeah, they've it's a it's a honey saison, and it was super floral. Uh, it's probably a year and a half or two years old at this point, I think, because I think B two came out last year. Maybe it's even a little bit older than that. Um, that was back. I feel like when. I was definitely was, more deep diving into trade forums. But maybe it was 2018, 2017 even. I it's, bet 18. It's at least, yeah, it's at least a few years old. And it was, I mean, it was perfect. I'll, we'll talk about the share itself later or whatever, but uh, it was it was one of the best beers I've ever had. I'm interested to try batch two, but uh, I, I just would be shocked if it lived up to batch one, even though I've heard, heard great things about two. Uh, okay. It tasted like, uh, kind of like a mildly fruited, uh, it's definitely a saison, but it was super soft. But there was just this l- mild lemony acid that came through, really nicely with some, you know, fresh cut hay. Uh, just that balanced, you know, farmhouse saison backbone that uh, Hill Farmstead does so well, even on their non-barrel aged ones. And uh, yeah, I don't know. It's it was it was interesting. We had uh, we had a couple beers that were just pretty rare limited and and ones we were all kind of like we're probably not going to ever drink this ever again this yeah. was one of them and then the uh the zomer from Dre fontaine was another one where we we all had kind of four or five glasses going at once because we just never wanted to have the last sip of a couple <laughs> of these really rare ones and so um maybe that was a mistake in the end because it probably took me five hours to drink my six ounce samuel pour but uh it was it was great it was uh it was the highlight for me on top of uh, a really good lineup and I don't think anything uh, is going to top that for a while. So kudos to Hill Farmstead. We've talked about their barrel-aid stuff plenty of times, and, and their saisons really just have this special characteristic to them, the softness that we talk about. Uh, but they're full of flavor at such a low ABV, really easy to drink, and, and really fun just to enjoy with, with good company and no complaints. Yeah, you, you don't really have to throw... You can throw a stick at Hill Farmstead and you're going to hit a good beer. Like it's it's not they they do an amazing job. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna I got an interesting one only because I got some lagers from Suarez, but this was their Schwartz beer, their black lager. Oh yeah. Bones shirt. Uh, it's a 4.9 Schwartz beer, but I mean on these hot days where I just want a little bit more body, a little bit more roast flavor in in a lager. Yes, I love a Hellas. Yes, I love a Pilsner. And this just sort of was like a nice little riff on what you normally like to drink in the summer without it weighing us down um, and and still would make a good lawnmower beer, even though it's dark. Would you rather have that roasting. style over a Dunkel? <sighs> maybe. And maybe right. it's because it's a little bit cleaner than like a Dunkel Weiss, which is going to have some wheat in it and so without that it tend i don't know it was just so soft without it feeling 
meaty or heavy or chewy. It was just soft and then clean. So that's what I liked about it, much like a lager with just a touch more body and a touch more roast to it, of course. Yeah. So Interesting. Loved it. Yeah. And uh, the last time I got a box of Suarez, that Bones shirt, is that what you said it was called? Yep. They were out of that. So I had placed an order with a guy, and uh, they had just sold out of that one. So I haven't had the pleasure to try. But Suarez kills it. We've talked about that from a lager standpoint. Uh, them, Goldfinger, Live Oak, and, of course, uh, Beerstadt Lager House are kind of our top, yeah, top ones we talk about. And Beerstadt. But I got my order in for Live Oak for the, the lake here in a couple weeks. Perfect. Perfect so. 12 ounces to, to go on the boat. Yep. So, and what are we drinking? Yeah, before we talk about the bottle share and, and some other topics, we got to discuss what we're drinking and gave a preview of that, uh, the bottle popping off. So we did crack a Treehouse Very Hazy that was oh, yeah. canned on the 26th, so what, three weeks ago, two and a half weeks ago. I thought it was extremely good. They have been pumping out some really really big name beers of tree that you know relative to treehouse and i think they've just been knocking out of the park so they've sort of righted the ship after crazy kind of being boring yeah and maybe didn't expand as uh successfully as as everyone always expects them to uh not to say anything bad about treehouse but people always just think that you know you can go from a 15 barrel system to a 300 barrel system overnight and not have any bump in the road and uh this, you certainly know better than i do just from the science of it it's just not that that easy and ingredients alone you got to upscale those and and get probably different ingredients and really take some time to hone in those uh those batches and everything i've had from them last uh six months or so has been really good we've talked about it a few times before but it reminds you of the old tree it does i mean the very hazy i've had a couple of them last couple of weeks and they've just been terrific so we started with that one. This is the Tawny Port Media Noche. So I think we drank some Media Noche last time. We still have a few fresh bottles that we're trying to make sure we crack fresh just based on some of these adjuncts and different barrels they used. This one was aged for 20 months in 10 to 20 year Tawny Port wine barrels. These unique casks and part notes of Vanilla beans, peanut brittle, baking spices, dried black cherries, and berry jam, which layer perfectly with the rich caramel, bittersweet chocolate of, and espresso flavors of the base beer. So, um, it's 85 degrees on my porch, and we set this out about 15 minutes early. So, uh, normally that would be a nice drinking temperature. It's probably fully warmed up at this point. Oh, totally. It's um, right where it needs to be. But I would agree. It's right where it needs to be. I think the flavors are popping. Uh, this is uh, exceeding my expectations. I know we said a couple of the media noches we've had recently were a little bit of a letdown, but uh, I think this is terrific. I don't know what your thoughts are. It's, I think I can get that 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 tart oxidized wine, like the port. The port, you know, ports are usually sweet. They can kind of be tangy. Tangy is the word I'm looking for. And not like that super fruity jammy, but it's a little bit more tangy. Uh, so that's definitely coming out a lot more. Tangy is is kind of on the way from from sweet to tart, but not quite tart, right? I yeah, mean, yeah, I'd say it's, it's kind of that, that jammy s- flavor that they're talking about—the berry jam a little bit. I think it mixes. I think that it's balanced really well. 
I get a ton of chocolate and almost like a little coffee on the finish. Like I drink a sip 45 seconds ago and all I'm tasting right now is almost like an espresso bean, which I really, really like. Yeah, that nice roasty character. It is really, really, really enjoyable. So, But it's got that good dark fruit flavor to it, which, again, has more of that tangy consistency than it does tart, bitter, acidic, and it's not completely just sweet. It's sort of in the middle. Do you love it? I do. Yeah. And I think it's because... It reminds me of now some of these that are that are getting in these fruit wines and fruit barrels rather than it just being a bourbon barrel and it being all vanilla and sweet. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It, it reminds you of some of these that are in, um, I don't know, some of like, like there's, I, I know the Vale does a lot of these cherry wine barrels and I don't think we've really had a lot of, or like cognac barrels. It reminds yeah. me of cognac yeah, barrels a absolutely. lot. Absolutely. Yeah, I love it. Uh, maybe I already said that, but it, it's it's really really enjoyable. It's way better than the adjunct heavy, you know. Let's put peanut butter, cookies and cream, yep. this kind of stuff. It's yeah. way better than 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 ones yeah. like that. Boy, I could I would like to get a few more of these. And the reason you know I think it's because we've easily nailed it at the temperature it wants to be. Yeah, that's probably true. You know, but, a lot of times when we pop these, these tend to be a little bit colder than they should be. And then when that we wine barrel them. just overpowers it. You just get tons of sweetness and maybe a little tartness, and it just doesn't let the balance come through enough. So, yeah, I yeah, was going to say nice like, one. like a chocolate covered dried black cherry. Absolutely, absolutely. Awesome. Yeah, and it says espresso flavors. Yeah, I mean, who better than Weldworks to do something this well and. You know, it doesn't surprise me that it's this good. I mean, even the stuff that you don't end up liking, it's because you don't like it, not because it's not well done. Well, it's because, yeah, yeah, I don't really care for, like, peanut butter and a stout. You know, sometimes that's our problem, not their problem. So Yeah, very well done. So the, the, the missed bottle share, I know Brian and I didn't make it. Gosh, I feel like, again, this was another one of those times where the uh, the summer activities just was in full swing and it was I was working yeah. plus there was something else going on. If I have any more, if anybody else turns forty that I know, and I got to go to a <laughs> big party, I might die this summer. I mean, this has been it's great that everyone throws these big parties, but um, just like you experienced too, it's 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 getting a little bit. It's uh, exhausting. Oh, it's exhausting. <laughs> I still think back to my 21-year-old self, and I still got to feel like I would have been exhausted at some of the stuff that I'm going through now. Oh, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think we just didn't go through it, so we didn't know exactly what exhausting meant. But so, yeah, so uh, yeah, we had, we had uh, we only had five in attendance. That's had, an impressive uh, bottle list for five people. Yeah, we, uh, we, we paced ourselves really well, so it wasn't one of these bottle shares that you see 50 different things cracked and... Nothing was finished. Everyone getting a two or three ounce pour and nothing finished and stuff like that. We did, uh, we kept it high quality and uh, not too high of a quantity and, and were able to uh, feel good the next morning. Still had our pallets when we went to bed and things like that. So uh, had a fan of the podcast, Charlie. Fan and uh, previous guest and of the previous podcast. And previous guest as well as Brett. Yes. 
And then Charlie brought a guest, Ed. So, Ed, if you are uh, listening, thank you again for joining. It was uh, a pleasure to have you again, uh, and it, uh, it was a lot of fun. So, Brad, Kyle? Brad had a last-minute cancellation due to uh, a babysitter issue. Oh, that's Another one of those <laughs> adult things that we have to go casualties, through. <laughs> uh, casualties of adulting. Uh, I was going to say, I feel like I've canceled probably 17 times this summer on people due to uh, kids not sleeping, yeah, well. kids sick, other things like that. So it certainly happens not holding anything against you, Brad. Uh, Kyle couldn't make it. Brian uh, had a last-minute cancellation. So... Mark had baseball with his kids, so uh, yeah. Mark probably still has baseball, as far as I, I, I don't as know. Far the, as I the know. tournament has stopped since, <laughs> and then uh, my cousin Ben was able to show up. So uh, we uh, we started it off decanting Dre Fontaine and Zomer. Oh yeah, that's that right. was uh, released in 2010. So how long before you drank it did you decant it? We gave it about a 30 minute decant. Okay, so set the bottle out at about 3:15, decanted at 3:30. Uh, it actually took, I think I might have sent pictures, the thing foamed up so much. Yeah. You probably it, needed to. It actually took about 30 minutes to fully empty the bottle without overflowing the decanter with foam. What what year was that? 2010. Dang. So an 11-year-old Lambic, uh, no fruit, just... Uh, which is which is going to make Charlie really happy. It was, it was terrific. <laughs> uh, Ed really wanted to, to taste all the fruited Lambic, and Charlie wanted all the unfruited, and... We went a little more of the unfruited route for the day, so that was terrific. Uh, you know, it, it seems like the longer those age, the more they they taste like a fruited beer, a fruited yeah. ale. Uh, so it was it was really fun tasting that and drinking that with everyone. And my cousin's not a huge fan of the sour style, but he was like, "Holy cow, this is something special! You can just taste it." Yeah. So that was a fun one. Then we did BBT batch two and batch four. Two was an absolute What's, standout. It always has been. I did not expect it to hold up to four the way it did. Uh, it was... How is four? Incredible. Like, really incredible. Probably just had a little bit more barrel and uh, maybe a, a hint more booze. The thickness and the mouthfeel on BBT2, I don't think there's another beer out there that matches it. And right. the well, that's balance what... on the flavors right now is just impeccable. Um that's what so, that's that's what most people would say is like BBT two is everything that you compare. You like you compare everything to BBT two. That's a non adjunct barrel aged stout. But at three years, at this point, it's three. Um, yeah, it's probably been bottled for three years, uh, close to, close to if not. I just would have thought that it would have faded a little bit, and maybe the fresher one would have shined a little bit more. And it really wasn't even close. Everyone was just like totally blown away. And yeah, it just shows how special that one was. I don't think uh, they've done a whole lot different with three and four, but I'm sure it's just a little bit different blends of how they do it. And, and they just uh, hit kind of a gold mine on that batch too. So that was a fun one or fun combo. Cause we pretty much did them side by side. Then we did the phase three. Uh, Unoya. We did a Unoya. We did the Minutia. Which is their Bar- um, barley one, right? Minutia is their barrel aged stout with no adjuncts. So okay. we kind of did that with the BBTs, not quite side by side, but kind of back to back to back. It did not stand up to BBTs, but it was still really, really, really good. A close third, but uh, you know BBTs are kind of in their own playing field. Then we had Arabesque. 
That was the barrel-aged barley, barley wine, wine by Phase 3. Which I bet Charlie was very excited for, because if there's two things he loves like more than anything, it's an unfruited lambic and a barley wine. And it was his only bottle that he got, so he was super excited to crack that with, with some good people, and it knocked it out of the park. Uh, I know we've had some really incredible barley wines with that A Deal with the Devil set that we did a, a while back. But oh, yeah. This thing... Uh, this thing was special, so and, and and the Anabases too. Those have been some special beers. This is right up there with them. It was full of flavor, full of mouthfeel, full of barrel, full of balance. It was incredible. So anyone that's listening that's interested in that or uh, maybe is a little bit uh, kind of indifferent because it's a barley wine and it's a little bit newer brewery, uh, don't think twice about going after it. It's incredible. All right, I'll go down the rest of the list fairly fairly quick but uh, we did Unoya batch four that's the green wax with cinnamon and maple syrup I thought it was incredible that's the one I have that's the one you have so how is it uh, it's incredible I still want to drink yours with you so please don't please if you can uh, wait for me to crack that I would love to have it again it was it was incredible um, I'm really sold on what phase three is doing from their barrel aid stuff I, I think their IPAs have a little bit of work to do but uh, and their their lagers are really good too, but their barrel light stuff is just is knocking it out of the park. Then we did Teat Cuvée by Side Project Batch One, the OG Teat. Ooh. Next to Samuel, and I think Samuel won for everyone, but it was a really good side by side. It was fun. Teat huh. did not disappoint. We did Four Gabe. That was a barrel aged barley wine by Side Project. Uh, also incredible, but not as good as Arabesque. Not as good as Arabesque. <laughs> And then uh, Green Wax Assassin, that was 2020. Incredible. That was a little bit later in the end of the night. Uh, we had a few random ones, the whole Ryan Abbott Power Hour thing that we talk about. <laughs> the RAF. We opened a 2009, 2009 Dark Lord, oh, which was actually really good. The Dark Lord. <laughs> it was really good. Uh, so that was fun. Just regular Dark Lord. Regular Dark Lord, White Wax. It was fun. It was very good. But uh, obviously, it didn't hold up to other stuff. And then the last year that Brewery waxed their Black Tuesday was 2012. And I think they mass uh, mass produced starting the year after, too. So this was kind of one of their last really good years, supposedly, of making Black Tuesday. It was also really, really great. I mean, but everyone had, like, one ounce of that. I mean, that's not something that, with all these other things we you had. Do, yeah, you don't um, need to go crazy. We had a uh, we had a big uh, Phoenix Suns L.A. Clippers game six that night, so uh, we were all pretty into watching that. So it was good timing to kind of end the night on a basketball game, distract us a little bit, had some pizza, and then we could slowly drink the four gave the assassin, and then really the second half we just kind of sipped on a couple things, nothing much. The other one that we we do need to mention is Fram's Quartz by Funk Factory. Oh, yeah. Fruited. They don't call it lambic, but uh, the goose style. Amlam. Um, Amlam. Incredible. Uh, if you're in the Madison, Wisconsin area, this is a must stop. Their stuff is out of this world, and it's fairly easy to acquire. So it's yeah, it's so special weird. stuff. They, they don't, they don't uh, disappoint ever. And then we also had uh, the Dree Fontaine and Brahms Uxt from 2018. Which was a blackberry fruited lambic, Ooh. but it almost tasted closer to an unfruited lambic. The 
the fruit was so subtle, they so don't, perfectly they, subtle. I was going to say, they don't over-fruit any no, of their fruited lambics. That was, uh, honestly, that was one that you'd hate to, to have that be one of your last ones of a bottle share as your palate's kind of getting fatigued, but uh, it was something special. So, uh, But we paced ourselves well, so everyone was blown away by the last ones just like they were the first ones. So had a good time, good people. It was fun. And uh, some really, really special ones that uh, that we went through. That's awesome. That's awesome. And it sounds like there was no shortage of good beer. There's no shortage of quantity, but stretching it out over a period of time was very helpful. So yeah. And of course, like the Ryan Abbott Power Hour always has to happen. So hey, we're we're running out of <laughs> bottles for that. I've only got one or two more. We'll have to start turning it into not Black Tuesday, but then, like Aslan bottles. I was and gonna stuff. say if my if my open bourbon collection stays at where it is, then that's what the power hour is gonna that's be. That's gonna is, be a nasty power hour. I'm kidding. It will not. Don't go to get that. to that point. But hey, let's let's all pour an ounce of this bourbon. Let's finish this bottle. No, yeah, that no, that could be dangerous. So uh, yeah, my brewery uh, my brewery collection has dwindled down to about two bottles on purpose. I on mean, purpose. like uh, by design. That's that's yep. important. Yep. So. Um, it's it's yeah I miss I miss sitting down for a bottle share because other than there was a time I think in the spring that a few of us hang hung out but like a bottle share of this nature other than the things that came up that would have been a fun one to be at because we really haven't been able to do that right as easily and you know especially with people from out of town um, it hasn't been as easy to coordinate so it's fun that you got to be able to do that because it's just been a rarity these days yeah and then with all the kids stuff we all have going on it's like I I was looking at the calendar. I was like, I don't think we'll we'll have another one till the Thanksgiving one. So yeah, which which, which is, is always fine. Yeah. it's always fun to get everyone together for that. But it's like, yeah, if we, I mean, we may be down to two a year just because everyone's schedules. Yeah. So. Well, the actually, actually, the real, I don't know. I mean, we we had one last year about a year ago at my house. Um, did we for remind your birthday? Me, did we do one for Thanksgiving? We did, but it was only three people, four people. You did not. That's right. It was outdoors with a heater, socially distanced. And, I recall. I recall. And you still couldn't make it. Um, Mark cracked his 1983 uh, Eagle, Eagle Rare 10-year wooden box, all that special ordeal. That's right. We had a Unoya Batch 2. We had the Rye BBT. We had another good... Um, probably similar to that Brahms Ux that was just a fruited Lambic by Drew Fontaine that just killed it. Um, yeah, it was a good one. Well, they're one, coming but, back. But only a few people for that one because of all the COVID stuff. So uh, it, yeah, was, because it, it was, was slow, and we probably went through maybe eight or ten bottles that night. That was when, like, if the babysitter got exposed, you didn't go, you didn't come, I didn't come, that kind of thing. It was Your kids were home for two weeks. It was a, it was a matter of what was your last exposure and how long do you have yep. to be home. yep. So thankfully, like this summer, since it's been nice, although, you know, I found myself this summer more than ever, um, you know, actually being able to go out and enjoy beers at places rather than worrying about what's at home. For sure. And I haven't needed to keep as much stuff at home. So again, Benny's always does a great job of supplying fresh, local, regional stuff. And outside of that, getting back to the breweries has been nice but i probably haven't done that as easily just because of availability and how busy the summer has been it's like well you know it's it's tough to make it a point to get down to like 
beard at all as easily where yeah. I really regret not being able to go down there. Although I thankfully have been able to get some of their newer releases and such, which their new wild ales and fermented like fermented stuff has been amazing. Yeah, they're doing good stuff. And they're doing a great job with their bottles, uh, their artwork and making it, you know, something to kind of get excited about. And the stuff in it is just as good as it should be. Um, and it's just nice to be able to get back to places and get back to um, going and having cocktails and stuff like that. So we've been on yeah. a cocktail kick lately. We did Palomas on Saturday night, which you nailed it. I, I sent out a picture to everybody. I was like, <laughs> it's cocktail night. What do you guys think I'm drinking? And Ryan's just like, Paloma. It's like easy. Only only cocktail I know of with grapefruit and tequila. Yeah. So uh, it was my only lucky guess. But yeah, I mean, we've got, uh, you know, I don't know if you're aware, Fox Pub is getting the... <coughs> New VSOJ on draft tomorrow. Batch two. Batch two that just came out that's all hyped up on all the Facebook pages and everything that people are going crazy about right now. Uh, But it's great to just have stuff like that that, uh, you know, I don't know what they did with those kegs last year. If all the, I mean, I guess all these places crawlered them and sold them to go and and, uh, curbside and stuff like that. So, you know, we had, uh, I think maybe we talked about it last time, but, but Poor Brothers has had a great draft list this summer bunch of kegs that I think they saved from last year and things like that and their anniversary week that we went to before a night out to dinner was uh VSOJ yeah, batch right. one on draft and and Unoya batch five that they got bottles of and did pours of they had a uh a, a, a funk factory sour uh you know a couple good lagers and really really good stuff uh, from that standpoint too so it's been nice just being able to take the bike out for a few miles and go have a beer and see people and go somewhere public and stuff like that. And well, yeah, like last Thursday, Spartan was in town, another, uh, listener and he was here on business, Brian and I and him and, uh, Spartan's business partner were out at poor brothers. And of course, always a good draft list. Good to see Phil. Uh, good to see Kyle, the team there. And they had a pretty darn good, kind of spectrum of stuff where they had hazy IPAs, they had lagers, they had, um, I think they had a porter, a stout. You know, it's it's always a place that's going to have a little bit forever. They're very mindful of what they're doing. They know their stuff. And, you know, you popped over off your bike and, you know, just casually brought a Unoya. It's okay. Um, we it's were, okay. We were, we were going to have my Unoya, but you know it, it it was a point at which i didn't want to you know waste that whole experience although brian needs to be a part of having that one because he's very excited about it you had an early morning too so it worked out it worked out great but yeah being able to do all these things i saw uh goldfinger up in the downers grove chicago area they are having their lagerversary i don't know if you saw that oh, oh, but please. they just came out with a Polish pills that I am dying to try just because I've been to Poland, maybe have a little extra loyalty to uh, that style and and the country and things like that. But uh, also, we will be in that area the day before for a wedding. So we may have to make a quick pick stop before we come back home at the Lagerversary. So I'm very excited about the timing of that, and that should be a lot of fun. So... uh, you know, just stuff like this that's going on. You've got a place like Goldfinger that we've talked about a lot. We've we've had him on and and yeah, you've uh, got instant cred. You can walk in and be like, 
they take uh, some swag. Hopefully, yeah. They you know they opened up during COVID, have blown people out of the water with their crawlering and and curbside and to go stuff. And I can't even imagine what that place is like now that you can actually go there, sit inside. Everyone's vaxxed and and all of that. And now they're going to actually have a very timely lagerversary party for for one year being alive and going and it that that thing you know I'm, I'm sure if we can go we can just pick up some stuff to go and uh that should be a lot of fun so then you've got revolution doing their vsoj thing this week uh more just came out with a bottle that uh they're putting out for their first uh lined up release in i think close to two years so uh things are getting back to normal the beer stuff is flowing uh, I know, don't know about the bourbon and wine world as much, but it seems like people are going to Napa and getting out and doing a lot of stuff in, in all, all areas around. So it's good good having all this going again, and I'm just anxious for whatever's <laughs> whatever's coming next. And Sign uh, me up. Yeah, whatever we can you know get after and keep trying some new stuff. Live Oak has been pumping out some different beers. I'm sure you're probably going to try something you haven't had before with that shipment coming in. Yeah, I think I got some pre-war. I got pre-war is great. Pre-war, That's a great, great gold, um, pills, and then half because both my wife and I will enjoy a half. Yeah. So we'll be set. Uh, I just popped the this or just drank a little bit of the scratch ginger. This is a nice refresher. It kind of reminds you of like a ginger tonic. It's really refreshing. I mean, just like. So I got this at Poor Brothers. We've talked about Scratch before there in Ava, Illinois. It's like, I feel like they're the anti-hop brewery. Yeah. Like they want almost nothing to do with hops. Yep. And I think it's, they're more of a forager. They like to use the stuff that's on their land. Either they don't really grow hops or they don't really want to. And they like to use the stuff that's on their property. So they use like. What's the, it's the, is it, they have a blackberry and lavender? Yep. It's really that's right. good. Yep. Uh, ginger, they've got a sumac. We had the strawberry sumac last week. Strawberry terrific. sumac or yeah. strawberry? Oh. Strawberry sumac. It was terrific. Phil thought this one used to be called like the tonic ale or tonic spring tonic or something like that. Ah, yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, you know, the name of it, uh, it's just called ginger. Yeah, I was going to say, I didn't know if it was called ginger ale or ginger something, but it's just called ginger. And you would think if you do, you kind of just think you're drinking a ginger beer or something like that's a little a bit off, beer. off-putting of, of Not the a name. ginger ale, but like a ginger beer. Uh, it's very floral, almost like a lime zest. Yeah. Uh, really refreshing. Like, really refreshing. I feel like you could make a cocktail with this, and, and yeah. a lot of people would, would love it and wouldn't even know that they mixed uh, mixed beer with it instead of uh, an actual mixer. Yeah. No, it tastes like a um, like a perfect summertime refresher where it's so hot and humid, you need a little something to pep you up. That'll do it. For sure. Yeah, this is... Wow. And I'm not to think, surprised. I was well, and you know what? Uh, Poor Brothers has always done a great job getting these uh, to drink on site or take home. And I don't know why, but I was hesitant to buy these. And strawberry sumac was incredible. They're a little bit expensive, but uh, you know, I, I don't know why I would question that it's anything beyond really, really, really great. So yeah, I if you're ever in the Southern Illinois region, Scratch is a place to go. 
I don't know what their situation is post COVID and how all that's going. We were asking someone asked me about White Rooster the other day, and I said I have no idea. Yeah, need to need to learn about them and what's going on because they were doing some really good things too. And yeah, that was almost a destination. You go down to Southern Illinois and you hit up White Rooster. You go to Scratch, and perhaps that was a um, a destination on the way or to from like St. Louis side project that kind of thing. You make a weekend of it, yep. but. I, yeah, I haven't heard um, about White Rooster. I think Scratch has made a pretty good name for themselves, especially with the way in the unique way that they do things down there. Um, I've heard a lot of podcasts and interviews with uh, the owners and brewers down there, and they they love their life and what they do. It has you know they're they're not going to do anything to necessarily please anybody specifically, but they're so confident in their product and what they do and it shows and everything that they make is just so unique. It's not like anything that you can pretty much get anywhere, even from some of the breweries that do a lot of foraging. I think they've got to be one of the ones that does it the best. Well, and, and being a finance guy, I always think of the business side of it. And, and, you know, obviously I don't know, maybe they, they started up from cash, but I just can't imagine the discussion those guys would have had with a bank trying to get a loan. No pitching a foraging brewery business plan <laughs> like how would anyone ever buy into hey yes let's give you guys a half a million dollar loan or whatever it would take for something like that to think that that you could put something together and have a successful business and actually make good beer that people want to drink yeah um you know before a place like this because there's no one's really replicated it no so before them they've tried no one really was doing this and you know, you've got certainly the the spontaneously fermented stuff out there that I'm, you know, this kind of flirts with. But I just can't imagine that discussion with the bank saying, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna just use stuff from the the weeds the and the wild bushes and farmland and everything, and we're gonna make really good beer with it." I mean, what? Probably Jester King is the closest. Maybe, yeah. And they're not even, yeah. I mean, as as crunchy probably as the as the folks down there at Scratch. I mean. <clears throat> Jester King is pretty much they've they've kind of found a way to mainstream themselves a little bit to where they're still able to appeal to the masses and they've they've converted quite a bit. Oh yeah. Um since COVID and everything because of uh of their farm and everything like that and I think that they changed uh, the way that they made their beers because some part of it was I think maybe they wanted to move towards a lot of more self-sustainability there. Oh, yeah. But then they started making more stuff because they couldn't have people at their brewery. They couldn't... They 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 distribute to a very small degree, but they started canning and they started making more Pilsners and a few more IPAs over pandemic. And I think that was just Jeff Stuffing's kind of moving towards what was going to keep them afloat. Yeah. Because that's a place that, like, Scratch, I bet they have the kind of... I don't know, um, employee base where there really wasn't a lot of change during COVID that they had to manage. But where you probably look at a place like Jester King that's bigger, you know, they're paying health insurance and all this other stuff where they really had to keep a, quote, business afloat. A lot of servers, a lot of taproom employees. Uh, Scratch doesn't have that. You know, Jester King's got the restaurant stuff going now, too, with like the pizza, yeah, wood-fired pizza oven that they did and the little, the whatever they call it, a craft kitchen or something like that, that probably was only open for a year or less before COVID hit. And so, yeah, that's, uh, yeah, it's 
it's good to know that these places have survived because we have heard a lot of businesses closing. But um, but what 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 breweries have been closing? We haven't we haven't really heard of any that I can think of. Yeah. I mean, uh, no, actually none that I can think of off the top of my head that we've paid attention to and and followed uh, followed throughout the years. Uh, you know, we certainly talked about it before where these they all pivoted quickly the agility of their their business models uh just r- knocked it out of the park in in March, April, May of last year that really uh you know with what Revolution did from the curbside and crawlering of their barrel-aged stouts and side project doing uh curbside pickup and online orders and proxying. I mean, some of these places just kind of paved the way for everyone. Uh, I think Monkish did a lot of proxying with their cans and Monkish now has like a big outdoor yeah, drinking that place space looks now. Beautiful. That place looks beautiful. Yeah. But instead of having, you know, two can releases a week, Monkish went to ten. Yeah. You know, they used to have two and then they would always have four, five, six beers on draft and, and instead was, you've been there, right? Yeah. And that's a pretty it was a pretty boring area, a pretty boring yeah. little tap room. Although I think that if you got to go there and you knew how special what they were doing. It was just like it meant the experience a lot. wasn't boring. The experience wasn't, but you're like, wait, this is the space that Monkish functions out of. Yeah. Like, really? Yeah. But now they've turned it into more of a destination, and it's not a part of town that you're like, no. I got to go to this part no. of L.A. and I can walk around and go to a good restaurant. And, although you can go over to like Smog City Brewing, but there's nothing around that no. area. Business park and. It's uh yeah it's just the way that these places pivoted so quickly. Um, the agility, you're right. Was, the agility of them was is... great. It it and just you know it paved the way for everyone else to follow. So that's why I think a lot of places didn't close. Is you had two, three, maybe five places that really just found a model and and led it led it starting probably in April. Yeah. And everyone followed. Ever you know Tavor took off. Great that's timing another... for whoever started to war those guys have to be doing very successfully right now yeah and, and, and but a great model for everyone i mean we mark texas a picture once every couple weeks uh my cousin gets some every couple weeks and and the way that that enables people to try stuff for a good price from all over the country you know you're not paying secondary prices and and sometimes you're getting actually really really high price secondary beers from you know for 30 40 bucks yep through Tavor. So they've done a great job that helped pl- keep places open. And, you know, everyone probably paid more for alcohol in their fridge last year because they weren't drinking it out in public. Yeah. So to be able to keep these places running and buy bottles and cans and crawlers uh, is good. And at the same token, it's like, I feel a, a place like Benny's in the grocery store, et cetera, the shelf space is becoming more crowded. Because you got more breweries so putting crowded. out more product, and it's it's a real battle for shelf space. Yeah, and that's where it sucks for the the smaller breweries because they're going to constantly get pushed to the side, pushed off, pushed past by bigger breweries, and who owns you know who's owned by big breweries because they they really dominate and and sort of dictate the shelf space. Sometimes. Yeah, they leverage the relationships and uh, and the the quantity that they can put out to take away that shelf space from other places, but. You know, we've seen a really, really, I just think the availability that we've gotten in town here the last six months, too, has been terrific. Yep. Whether it's Benny's or whether it's just places canning and doing other stuff that uh, enables people like us close to big cities uh, to drink some of the good stuff, it's, it's really been nice. 
more. We've had some of these uh, Marbles beers show up on, show the, up shelf on the shelf and Space Boots and some of their good stuff. And, and even Phase 3 stuff is very readily accessible. Yeah, it's been it's been great. So uh, kudos to all these places keeping it up and doing good things. And before we sign off, we got to talk about this last one we cracked. Which is, I, I was <laughs> I like, don't know the name of it. I'm getting nearly to the point where I'm old enough where I almost can't read how small this print is. Oh, there is print? Good Lord. It, it says Imperial Stout aged in bourbon barrels for 42 months, May 2021 reserve selection of three, ba- three barrels. Five hundred and so, good Lord, I can't even read that. So, the name that I guessed was correct. It is called Black Label. Five hundred and sixty-four bottles produced. Yep. Westbrook, Mount Pleasant, South Carolina. Yeah. Is that thirteen percent? It's thirteen percent. Fifteen IBU. Uh, Westbrook Black Label just came out within the last probably two months. Did you mention Woodford Reserve Barrels? No, it didn't okay. say on there. So That's what it says on Untapped. 564 bottles produced. 42 months. For those of you not good at math, that is three and a half years. Almost <laughs> the time that a lot of these bourbons are aged in barrels. Yeah. So, um, wow. I didn't know it was this limited. 564 bottles. That's uh, something else. It's a 4.48 on Untapped. It is a 500 milliliter bottle. 16.9 ounces. I've uh, I've taken a couple sips, but I really didn't pay attention to it. So uh, let me give it a swig here. It's not super thick. It's not. For that time in barrels, that's kind of surprising. But the flavor's great. It is a really good flavor. I think that's a pretty accurate. You said 4. Point what? 4.48. Yeah. I think that's pretty yeah. accurate. It's nothing mind blowing. Uh, it's not going to compete with BBT, no, and those four point sevens up there. But and, the, uh, and I think what gets that there is the mouthfeel. Yeah, this just doesn't have that yeah. mouthfeel. But I'm not disappointed. No, it's uh, it's pretty thin. Actually, yeah, you put up the next side of your glass. It's very thin, but that's okay. It is. It's got some great flavors. There's a lot of barrel coming through. A lot of sweetness, a lot of oak, Raisin. dark fruit, definitely on the finish from that barrel. Uh, mixed in with some really good chocolate from the stout. A little coffee, a little nutty. Uh, it's nutty good. for sure. But I like it's that. It's nice. It's nicely balanced. Yeah, I think my only complaint is it probably would be that much better if it were just a little thicker. Yeah. And how does that work from the brewing standpoint? With all that evaporation over time, how is it not thicken up? It just depends. I mean, it just depends on some of the grist that you use. If you use oats or any um, wheat or maybe, you know, the, the, the kind of grains that tend to add a lot more protein to it, plus unfermented sugars, you know, like if you get a lot of you know, a lot of these, a lot of these barrel-aged stouts have a pretty high, or pretty low attenuation. So there's not a complete fermentation of all the sugars. So there's a lot of residual sugars. This isn't very sweet. No. And I think that there probably was a higher attenuation here, which makes it, you know, a lot of those sugars ferment out, ferment out, 
And so you get a little lighter body because there's not as many residual sugars floating around. Although, although you know, ABV really does add to mouthfeel too. Yeah. So the higher the ABV, you may perceive it's thicker, although it may not be physically thicker. So you think Side Project has a bunch of residual sugars that just... Not necessarily. I think they use stuff that, you know, in their grain bill that kind of adds a lot more body. Yeah. Like they may use more oats or things like that that tend to bulk up the mouthfeel. But they don't really contribute a lot to, um, you know, sweetness, yeah. but they may they may leave a little lower attenuation. Interesting. Well, this is certainly a good one. Yeah. So I don't know what else we have to talk about, but well, we, it was good catching up and just hanging think, out for a little bit. Yeah, it's just a catch-up kind of happy hour episode, which, you know, sometimes that's all we need and that's all we want. Um, I'm looking forward to finishing out a nice summer. It's crazy that we have to sort of talk about the idea of finishing out a summer soon, but pretty soon it's going to be getting back to the swing of, you know, fall, you know, the busyness and the sort of, you know, the, 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 the schedule that comes with that. It's a little bit more regimented. Yeah. At least in my house it is. (laughs) It's going to start getting regimented in my house for five to 17 years, but that's okay. Well, no, it'll, you'll want it to be is what you'll, you know. (laughs) The next time we, we do this could be uh, leaves changing and, and a little bit different uh, scenery out here, but it is nice sitting on a back patio and uh, getting some fresh air and having a couple really good beers, actually. We are kind of like, well, let's just pop some random ones tonight and see how it goes. And Yeah, the Tawny Port was a nice surprise. This was so. a really, really good lineup tonight just to catch up, have a couple good ones, and go from there. Yep, so um, I'm going to definitely um, enjoy some Hoplot up in Michigan when I'm up there. Uh, one of my favorite outdoor drinking places in the world uh, just because of the ambiance and that place, you know, when you're up north, nothing beats their beer garden, period. So um, enjoying some live oak on the boat, too. So my summer's not in, not not over for sure. Yeah, other than the Lagerversary at Goldfinger, I don't have any brewery plans, but we, uh, we've got some treehouse in the fridge. We've got some monkish on the way. So we'll try a few good things here and there over the next couple of weeks and uh, get through the summer and... Then we'll catch up and wrap we'll up, up. wrap up the summer. Absolutely. All right. All righty. Well, well, this was fun. Cheers. All right. Thanks for listening.